But there's no. I loved it. There's no rosé drinking though during this. We only have. We only have. We, have, we really only have one rule. We only have one rule. <laughs> and welcome to the Monster Lore Tour Paranormal Deep Dives from the Edge of Nowhere podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Carr, here along with my co-host and the pop to my weasel, Mr. Matt Ozero, a.k.a. the Moz. How we doing today, Moz? No complaints. Can it be ice weasels, though, like we talked about? <laughs> the pop to my ice weasel. The popsicle to my ice weasel? <laughs> yeah. We just need some. The popsicle has to be laced. Is all. And Fair then, enough. Then you'll see the ice weasels. Fair enough. Hallucinogenic popsicles here on the Monster Lore Tour. My what? friend Fred saw the ice weasels, and I, I don't think we should mock him. Where was that? Um, it was a long time ago on lysergic acid far, far away. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Anywho, uh, we are here today with our next interview episode. Uh, This one is being called Interview Palooza, as it is our first group interview. Uh, We have three guests on this one. Uh, Our friend Heather, who is a friend of the podcast, and Heather's mom, Joy, as well as Heather's friend, Jess. Uh, And a special guest at the end, too, actually. So this is going to be a little smorgasbord. They all have kind of different stories under different themes, different genres. So uh, a little bit of a mixed bag for you here on this one. They should be used to mixed bag after listening to this podcast this long. Yeah, I guess we are a bit of a mixed bag to begin with, aren't we? But of course, before we get into that, let's get to our old business for the week. Uh, You want to, I think we each have one thing for this, Moz. You want to do yours first? Sure. I will get mine over with. It's uh, sad for me to say, but I think I did further research on my side trail excursion for the last time, and I'm not sure... I'm pretty sure the dates do not match. Uh, For those who didn't see it, I'll be quick, but basically I was trying to connect a person who was executed but waiting for a dog gin to show up and save him. Because he said he would come back for him. Yeah, and the Newgate prison incident that happened uh, in 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 uh, about 14 years later. So the time frames don't work out. Basically, this guy was able, was executed, July 20th, 1582. Oh, so you were able to pinpoint the timeline then? Basically, I have 1596 as the second edition. Uh, could be as early as, as 1592 for the first, but basically it was it was in the 1590s, and this person was waiting for a dog to save him. 
about 14, 10 to 14 years earlier. Okay. So, but I am going to talk to Mr. Sherman so, and Mr. Peabody. No, is it Sherman? <laughs> Peabody and Sherman. I'm going to talk to the, get the way back Mr. Machine. Peabody and his boy Sherman. Thank you. You're welcome. And we, so we would have had to do old business and old business if we didn't figure that oh, out. So boy. thank you for solving that. But we have, we, we're not, I, I don't want to say my goose is cooked here. It's just looking like we're going to have to get out the thermometer and, sure. and I could be reaching temperature at this point. Well, it's good to follow up and found your timeline. So really it just turns out that he wasn't abandoned at the gallows because of uh, misfortune on the demon's part, but just because the demon left him hanging. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. maybe that was his comeuppance 14 years later. Yeah, Could I mean, that's, the what, same that's what you get for dealing with demons. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, it's like the scorpion and the frog, man. Yeah. I only read the grimoires. I don't make any deals, you know. Unless, <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I won't talk about it. All right. And uh, I have one more, too, or a piece of old business as well. Uh, we, I mentioned how we were talking about the Nahuals. Yes. And I mentioned how there was a rather recent sighting from last year, mm -hmm. uh, which I turned out to be correct on. It was actually, uh, I have a story here from AmericanPost.News entitled Nahual Appears in Tijuana After UFO Sighting. This is a pretty interesting thing. And it's dated June 29th, 2022. Mm -hmm. So it, it is from last year, last summer of 2022. Uh, so there was an incident. There were, there were all kinds of lights in the sky, kind of a Phoenix lights sort of event in Tijuana. And almost immediately afterwards, the ice weasels, the Nahual appeared. A uh, bunch of people saw it. There's a video of it chasing a lady through the street and stuff. It looks like it has the dog legs and everything. It's pretty wild. This I think I've seen the picture. You're gonna have to send me the picture. Does yeah, this yeah, look I'll, like a very skinny werewolfy thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. You're it. thinking okay. of the right thing. Yeah. Uh I'll I'll put some links in the show notes for this. But the links are different. Let, let me read you some different of this. Different species entirely. Let me read you some of this article here from AmericanPost.news. As if the UFO sighting wasn't enough, now a Nahual in Tijuana. A security camera captured the presence of the creature. According to the images, a woman was seen running first, and seconds later the creature appeared. AmericanPost.News knew that the Nahual appeared after the massive sighting of strange lights in the sky of Tijuana. Information circulates on social networks that the Nahual was captured right in the place where the UFO sightings took place. Also, some users said that it is not the first time that they have seen the Nahual in Tijuana. So what do you think of that, Moz? Uh, sighting of a beastie like this in conjunction with a massive UFO sighting. That's uh, kind of tropey, isn't it? The whole connection of why people think Bigfoot is transdimensional and stuff, very portally. Yeah, and uh, you know, back to Nick Redfern's Shapeshifter book. I mean, he spends a lot of time on cluster sightings. Others do as well, but it does, it does seem like areas of weirdness, triangles... In, and my story, which we'll get to one of these days, is actually became more of a cluster sighting than I ever realized, only because I started to piece together. You know, we had a party in the same woods for 20 years, nothing ever happened. I, I started to realize the three strange things happened during the same party. Uh, oh, culminating, I only focused on how it ended and culminated in this weirdness, but there were actually stranger cryptozoological precursors to 
what happened, mm. and it became a cluster sighting. Only years later, me figure, you know, that's how bright I am. You know, it's happened to mm. me, and I'm not even, I'm not even connecting these red fernian dots until years later. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you've uh, you've found a way to get me to tell a lot of my stories already. We got to find a way to get you telling yours here. Yeah, I'm working mine point. into a, a, a definitely. I'm working mine in at some point. You know, we have more us files than we even thought when we started, and it's oh, not because. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a ton, but they're very interesting, the ones we have. You have, I don't know who has more, but I have several and you have several, I'd say. Uh, we'll we'll do a few years of this podcast and then we'll add up we'll who has the most stories. There you go. Because <laughs> it's probably going to take a while to get through them all yeah. with all the different subjects they cover. But anywho, let's get to the meat of this week's episode. Uh, we're going to jump you in here. Heather's going to go first and then Joy which is Heather's mom and then their friend and then their friend's kid. We're going to get all kinds of stories here. I hope you enjoy it, and we will see you on the other side. Today we have a very special interview episode. Uh, we're doing a bit of an interview palooza today. we got a house full of people who want to tell us stories. This is pretty cool. First up is our friend Heather. She's going to share a few different stories with us, actually. How are you today, Heather? Hello. I'm doing great. Good, good. Uh, so we kind of freeform it a little bit. Just if you want to start giving us a story, we'll ask you maybe some questions as we go and talk about it afterwards kind of stuff. But uh, do you know, you, you said you had a few, so do you know which one you want to start with? Wait, wait, before we go, we always start with this. Raise your right hand. Just swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me Godzilla. <laughs> help me Godzilla, I guess. Um, I promise to tell the truth. <laughs> All right. Appreciate that. Okay. So um, my husband and I moved up to Kachina Village right outside of Flagstaff in 2010. And we... Uh, uh, just just to clarify for those who aren't in the know, uh, Kachina Village is like a neighborhood out in the woods, like seven miles south of town in Flagstaff. Cause you're, so you're definitely like living out in the woods in Kachina Village. Yes. That would definitely be true. And it was a pretty old drafty house it needed quite a bit of love um there's a lot of spiders that has absolutely nothing to do with my story but <laughs> but the spiders really terrified me <laughs> you remember the spiders from gilligan's island does anyone remember that i love that, that show exactly <laughs> so this could still be relevant but the house itself was was a little creepy we kind of referred to it as this like 1970s ski cabin there was a lot of very original things going on it was beautiful this huge beautiful window and I thought, oh my God, this is gonna be the coolest place, right? Like we're moving up to the mountain, like what a super cool, like hip sort of place, aside from like the very 1970s decor. And so there was at the top of the A-frame upstairs, um, there's like this loft basically. And we spent quite a bit of time up there because that was kind of like our main living area. And then off, off of that, above the garage was this kind of fourth bedroom that was in this dark, very narrow A-frame kind of space that was dark and creepy, and I hated going in there, and I always felt like somebody was looking at me. So right off the bat, you were getting real negative vibes from Almost immediately. Like, almost immediately. And so I hated going into that room. I wouldn't even, I would not go past the thread. I'm like literally getting chills right now thinking, talking about it. It's so weird. I haven't talked about it in a while. Hated going in that room. But then there was this other bedroom downstairs where my office was. And I worked in there all the time. I also hated being in there. It was like really uncomfortable because 
another really weird dark room. In fact, my my son, when we first moved in the house, that was his bedroom. And it freaked me out so much so quickly that I actually ended up moving him into another room. And I'm like, I'm going to have my office in there and then I'll just kind of work this out. And so anyway, after, I don't know, a couple of weeks of being in the house and like feeling this kind of uneasy feeling, I ended up saging the whole house. And I did, like I was saying, I did like the whole east, west, north, south thing. And I remember standing in that room downstairs and I, my hair stood on end for like 30 seconds and I could not shake it. And so I did it again. I saged Wow. I saged the heck out of that room. (laughs) It's like it was fighting back against the saging or something. I don't know. A lot of people sage after we leave, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not not a bad idea. Might be a good idea once we go, too. Yeah. We need to clean the air here a little bit. Yeah, that house was just generally creeped me out. But, yeah, so then I went upstairs, and I remember, and then I saged um, that bedroom. And that one wasn't quite as alarming as the one downstairs like I've saged houses before and I've I've never had that kind of physical reaction so but it was that one room though and I was in there because I'm you know I made it my office pretty soon after we moved in so but yeah that was and it continued we lived there for a year and a half and never ever ever once did I ever feel incredibly comfortable in that house and it was like being watched you said yeah I did I felt like there was always like this spirit like I was convinced there was somebody some old spirit I even went so far as to research the house itself to see if somebody had died there or like who were the previous owners never did find anything but I was convinced that something bad happened there and there was some spirit hanging around a little bit too long that's wild but it never like physically presented itself to you no the mo the 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 only real physical reaction I ever had was when I was saging And I literally, like, I mean, I, like, froze. Like, I felt really scared. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, sage again. (laughs) Sage again. (laughs) More sage, more sage. (laughs) I mean, I went around windows, door frames, every corner of the room. Like, I was very thorough. Rinse, lather, sage, repeat. Yes, basically. So that I was pretty happy to leave that house, needless to say. And I've never felt that way since. So, like, the whole, like... You know, spirits follow you sort of thing. I'm sure it's true, but it hasn't been for me. It was only that house. Yeah, it's probably connected to the place in that I case. I think so. But in, and even after all the saging and everything, you still felt that presence like throughout the whole time you were there? Mm-hmm. There was only certain parts of the house where I didn't feel uneasy, which was usually like the normal, like kind of open communal area. It's like in the dark corners, there's something lurking. Mm-hmm. Even in even in Zane's room that was right next door to the that room that kind of gave me the most kind of reaction, felt totally fine in there. Interesting. Yeah. It's actually, I think the weirdest thing there is that it was two different rooms. Because if it was just mm-hmm. one room and it was contained in there. Yeah, it was just those two rooms. But there's two rooms. Opposite That's wild. It's too bad you couldn't find some real history on that house. One of the things to validate what you're saying is psychology. They're doing some experiments that they're actually finding that when people have this experience of being watched, they actually are. Like there's a real phenomenon that they do the double blind thing where they do do these experiments where a person can't tell they're being watched, but there's actually a significant, mm-hmm. you know, more people on, are, that are being watched can sense they're being watched even when they should not know they're being watched. So it's a real phenomenon. Hmm. So we can't discount 
it because, I mean, not to mention your hair standing on end. That's a real reaction. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like you're being watched and there's more and more evidence to show that that's a real thing. Yeah. If you look those studies up, they exist. Uh, and It's like how electrons react physically when we observe them. Yeah. Maybe something from the fourth dimension was looking at you and you could feel it. I felt like I was being watched, but I also felt like a heaviness. You know what I mean? Like you can feel that presence. It's kind of a sense of dread. Yeah. It just never felt good. And I almost, I, quite honestly, I kind of felt bad making people sleep in there when they'd come up to stay. But nobody ever said there, anything. Right? Right. Yeah, but even my mom, I don't even remember when you came out there to visit, but you must have at some point, no, obviously. you insisted mom stay there. I remember. I was like, you better sleep in this you room. sleep there. Yeah. I hated going in that room. Hated going in that room. Passive aggressiveness is normal oh in a family dynamic. It's okay. <laughs> but no one, ever, no one ever said anything to me who stayed up there either, which is funny because it was our guest room. And there's definitely a number of people who stayed, and no one ever said anything to me. But now I wonder. Was that because they didn't sense anything, or was they just being polite, or maybe a mix of both? I kind of want to call them up and ask them if they ever felt weird staying in that room. It was my sister-in-law, and her husband stayed in there a number of times. If you do follow up with them, come back and let us know. Okay. I'm going to ask them now. They're going to be like, you know what? I'm so glad you asked me that, because actually I felt really weird and creeped out when I was there and I didn't want to come back and I was so glad that you moved. <laughs> Thank God she doesn't make us sleep in that room anyway. Exactly. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, all right, let's move on to some aliens. Ooh. You said you had a couple of potentially alien related stories as well. Well, I mean, I definitely saw some aircraft and I would say also proof that something of not of this world landed in my yard. So yeah, there's two wow. stories. It landed in your yard? Pretty sure. Mom, you should remember this. My mom well, might get in still, on this story. In, are we still in Kachina? Or? No. Right. So we got now we got to go back to New Jersey. Boop. No one actually has to go back to New Jersey. Boop. Where I grew up. And so my mom, who's sitting here next to me right now. But that loses plausibility that aliens would go to New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, voluntarily. Where, where better for them to blend in? I, I'll, I'm, I'm not offended by that. <laughs> but still, like North Jersey, that's where, you know, where we are from. So this was in Warrenville. So Warrenville was, uh, is a little town. Um, Warren Township. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of about if you drew a straight line from lower Manhattan, like Holland Bridge, like 25, 35 miles in, that's where you would land, right there in Warren. So it was really rural. I was just going to say, that's out in the woodsy part of New Jersey. Yes. Very. Like, lots of trees. Um, everybody lived on acreage. Um, you know, we had two acres. We actually, so our house backed up to a schoolyard. And then, like, beyond that, like, it was very wooded there. Um, and, and this is going to be a really important part of the story, What I'm going to give you a little bit of context of the area. So we were in what was called the Watching Mountains. Um, and so you had kind of, now we think mountains out west, right? They're big. Hills. Yeah, yeah these are hills. The Patterson Hills. Or exactly. These are kind of hills. You can kind of see where the green kind of goes up in the distance. So, you know, we're talking miles away. These are not like huge Mount, you know, by any means. Um, Nothing like the Rockies, the more rolling, hilly mountains. Exactly. Um, And so you could see kind of what would be like ridgelines, right? I'm going to stop for a second. The dogs. Do I need to do something about them? Yeah. 
Okay, so anywho, we're in the rolling hills. You you can see the ridge lines in the distance. Yeah. Okay, so from where our house is, and I think if I can remember, I actually, in fact, I can't remember which direction it was facing. I don't think it really matters ultimately, but so you could see kind of ridge lines, right? And they were these kind of rolling hills. Um, and it was, you know, it was out in the middle of nowhere, right? So we weren't really, our, our, our views weren't um, blocked by like city skylights, right? Or city, city lights rather, you know, from like Manhattan. I think we were far enough away. So it was pretty dark, you know? So in the summertime, um, we would, my sister and I would partake in this activity that we started, which was called bat catching. And with bat catching, what we would do is we would take a kitchen towel, we would roll it up, we would take bakery string, and we'd tie it together so it was like a roll. And then we'd put like lettuce or veggies in it, and we'd wind it up and throw it up into the air. And we'd sit out there, and we had at least an acre in our backyard, right? And so we would do that, and we'd go bat catching, and we'd, the bats would come swooping down at us. And all the kids in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Come. And we would have our friends over all the time. I mean, this was the 80s, right? So, like, whatever. Anything goes. And so we, would, we were out in the backyard doing our regular summer activity of bat catching. Today, that's bat abuse, but okay. Bat abuse. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think you could do that now. But in the '80s, it was okay. Yeah, well, it's not like we were hitting them down from the sky. Like they, they wanted they food. The <laughs> would they grab onto it and ride it, or they, would they just swoop after it? They would try to grab. I mean, at least that was the whole point, right? They'd also dive into our pool. We had an in-ground pool too that was right behind us, and you know, in the yard. So anyway, one night we were out there. It was me. It was my sister, Megan. It was a couple of the other neighborhood kids. Can't remember everyone who was there. There was a whole bunch of us that just kind of ran together. And we were out in the backyard back catching. And all of a sudden, we're looking out towards over the schoolyard so we can see one of the ridge lines. And all of a sudden, we see these lights blinking. There's about three or four of them. They're red, blue, white, I think were the only colors that I saw. And we could see them kind of just hovering over this horizon now where this ridge line is mom what is it that was probably 10 miles away if that probably less and all of a sudden I see the lights and I wasn't alone obviously my sister was there with me a couple of other people um a couple other kids and we were probably like 8 10 11 12 years old in that range and all of a sudden you see the lights align in this vertical position above the ridge line and then you see them blinking and they kind of moved up and down a little bit, like not too far apart from one another. And then all of a sudden they disappeared. We're like, whoa, we're looking at this like, what the heck is that, right? Standing there in the backyard, we're like, what just happened? And all of a sudden within, I think about 30 seconds, we heard what sounded like a really low flying plane. Like it was loud, like a jet. And um, you could see in the distance coming towards us, it was lit up in a triangle formation and you could only see the bottom, like the bottom of it coming at us really, really quickly, but it was really loud. Like we actually thought a plane was coming and like landing. And so we start booking it back to the house. And remember, we're in an acre, so you can't just get to your back door that quick. We were terrified. My mom sitting here next to me right now was in the house. So I'm, I'm sure you can probably talk about how scared we were when that happened. And um, it came right over the house. And it, I remember it flying right over the side of our house, like our side yard, because it was right outside my bedroom window, like that part of the property. And um, it was really low. It was really loud, which is unusual 
for like the UFO story, but I had never seen anything like it. And then all of a sudden, gone. And that was when we were just running into the house. Like we were, fucking dog. The thing that, that I can't explain is that we watched them move over this ridgeline for at least two minutes. And moving around, and then when they lined up, that's when things. That's when so I was they, like, well, initially, it looked like three different crafts moving individually. It did, and but it then almost, when it came over, they were in a triangular formation. Anyway, so yeah, so that that takes the whole possible regular aircraft out of the equation. The fact they were dancing around each other to begin with. Yeah, and it was it, it was they literally lined up. It almost looked like if you saw like a radio tower, but there was no radio tower there. Right, right. Like we saw it form. It, it was it was the weirdest thing I ever seen. So what about the landing in your backyard part? That's the next story she said. I asked her that too. She, that's a separate story. She's but well, good good segue though. Let's do that one. So again, we had two acres and we had one of those ride on tractors and um, I even cut the grass because you know it was the eighties. Those ride ons are fun and you did things as a child. Wow. <laughs> um, it was a different time then. It sure was. And, uh, and plus it was fun to your point, but I remember going out to cut the grass and it, this was probably a couple of years after the story of where thing like flew over the yard. Um, it was, again, it was the middle of summer. And so like our, our grass was pretty healthy, right? It was green. And I remember going, going outside at one point and, and I noticed this burn spot in my grass and it was in a... Again, in this kind of triangular formation, but it wasn't that big. It was maybe, if I would estimate in diameter, and mom, you remember this, right? Seeing the burn mark in the grass. Yeah. Um, we couldn't explain what it was. I feel like it was maybe 15 feet diameter. 15 feet to a side on the triangle? It's pretty big. I mean, it's not like a huge spaceship yeah. kind of big, but that's pretty big. Yeah, So, the, so there's not really like a story to tell around it, but it was more like, this is completely unexplainable. It's kind of like when you think about like the crop, the um, crop circles. Yeah, totally thinking of the crop circles. Yeah, yeah, it was really similar to that, except it was a kind of a tri again, it was a triangular shape. It was it was not there the day before. It was there the next day. Couldn't explain anything as to why it was there. How does that compare to the last story, the triangles you saw? I know you were young, and everybody was young. You don't know how high up it was, but mm -hmm. how big do you think? What, what, what could you guesstimate the size of what you saw in the first story was? The it was bigger than 15 feet. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, I, figured. I mean, it was, gosh, just, I, I'm literally visual. Like, I can, you know, you just remember something so vividly. Like, I can literally, I feel like I'm standing in my backyard looking up at the sky right now, even like when I was describing the burn mark. Um, and I would say it was easily... Oh my gosh, the width of my house. So whatever is that? Um, so you're probably talking about 40, 50 feet. Yeah, I was going to say about 50 feet probably on each side. That's how big it was. Maybe bigger. Maybe bigger, quite honestly. That's substantial. It was big. Well, maybe the 15 foot per side one was the little uh, like shuttlecraft that they came down to check the place <laughs> out with. Yeah. With their anal probes. They didn't make it into my house. <laughs> at least not that I'm aware of or remember at this moment. <laughs> but how close of the, a time frame was it between the two stories? It was a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, because I was I was a couple of years older um, with but the it, second one. Same house, though. Same house. Yeah, so yeah. same area. There's you, actually another one. Here, 
at in. the same house with Megan and Maya and the third girl that was in their group. Whoever, there, yeah. Megan, Maya, and the other girl <laughs> were all in the swimming pool, and they were older than Heather. They were teenagers, and they all came running in and said, come out and see these lights. There were three lights across this same up towards Martinsville. We actually got in the car and drove up to Martinsville. Wow, so this is and, a re so there is a recurrence then. It, this yeah, was years this later was though. Like, yeah, several years later. I, w I would say maybe 5 or 6 years because they were you know 15, 16 years old. Was I not home at the time? No, oh. I don't know where you were. You might have been asleep. I don't yeah, know cuz this that. was like late at night. This was like 10 or 10:30 at night. So we went out Washington Valley Road which goes straight to where the lights were showing and we got there and there was nothing there. Wow, wild. But that was, yeah. <laughs> we'll have, we you might didn't have to, even know, probably, I guess. We never... No. Um, we might have to do some research on that area in New Jersey and see if we can find other stories from out there. Well, that would have been uh, Somerset County, where that was, because we were... And that was late 80s. I'd say, like, 80s. Maybe 90s. To, like, 91-ish, when all that stuff was going on. Yeah. Because mm. the first the first time, the first thing that happened, I remember I was about nine. So. Last question. Was there any comments about the burned area, the 15-foot? Did anybody have any, like, did anybody look at that and say, any landscaper come up to you? No, we didn't <laughs> say, No, I know. Well, I can guess you had a tractor, so I'm guessing it was, that. But. It was in our backyard. So it was really us. Like, I, I don't remember saying anything to anybody about it. It was just kind of like, well, this is very strange. Mm -hmm. And it was almost smack in the middle of the yard. I can picture exactly where it was right now. Um, and we had a really big yard. So, yeah, it, I, I never explained it, but it was bizarre. And Would you say the grass was burnt or just matted down? You said kind of... It was just brown. It was brown. brown so it was, yeah. So it's almost like it died, not burnt? Yeah. It just died in a pattern. That's interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Well done. Thank you, Heather. All right. That uh, wraps up our first session for the, our interview Palooza today. You guys want to take a break and then we'll move on to the next one? Let's do it. All right, cool. All right, and we're back for part two of the interview Palooza we got going on today. Thank you, Heather, once again for sharing your stories with us. And now we're going to slide the microphone down the table here to Heather's mom. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me here. Uh, you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell My us what you want to talk Joy. about today? I have several things. Uh, oh, so more multiple stories. Good, good, good. Different, all different things, actually. You did uh, uh, give me a little bit of one of them in a prior conversation, but uh, which one was that? Um, it was your. Was it your grandmother? My grandmother. Yes. Yeah, that. That one. was the scariest thing that ever happened to me oh wow okay but i'll start off with that you want to start with that off. one okay let's start with that uh one. was i lived in st louis then and uh, i was in my late 20s i guess sound asleep and woke up because i heard my grandmother call me open my eyes and she was standing in the doorway she was alive 
at the time, at the time this happened. Uh, but she was dressed like when I was a little kid with the house dress and apron. And she had terrible rheumatoid arthritis. She had the bones in her feet cut off because of it. And her hands were all crippled. Can't even talk about this. Sorry, right, take your time. <laughs> take your time. She was standing in the doorway of the bedroom. And she said, I want you to feel my pain. And I looked down at my hands. And they were crippled like hers. And she said, you're my favorite, because I took care of her. I drove her, did her shopping for her and stuff. And I got hysterical. We woke my husband at the time up and said, something's wrong with Grandma. You have to, my dad, my mom and dad lived about three miles away. He said, go get my, wake my dad up and have him go to Grandma's house. And she lived a couple streets away from and he, my dad got up and drove over to my grandma's house and went in and woke her up and she was fine. Nothing, you know, everything was okay with her. But I felt the pain in my hands and I was awake, my husband was awake. He saw my hands, which to this day, I. Can't explain it. How long did the effect on your hands last? I would say maybe three or four minutes. Well, so it wasn't just for a second. No, was, no, and he, no. And he could see your and hands. And she was all. still standing there. I could see her. He couldn't. Oh wow! But it was it was so bizarre. And then she died on my birthday, April thirteenth. How long after the incident was that? Like a maybe two years. Oh, wow. So she wasn't even like on her deathbed or No, anything. no, no. She was, you know. So was, what do you think triggered this then? I have no idea. I have no idea. I used to take her to the doctors and do, you know, take care of her. Because I was home with my kids. It didn't work, you know, so. Do you get the sense that she knew that you knew that you were feeling what she felt? Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. I don't know. I can't explain it at all. <laughs> it was well. I'm I'm almost at a loss on that one. That's that's impactful. It's still to this day is <laughs> for me. Did you ever have a chance to talk to her about that? Did you ever? No, I didn't want to. Yeah, you didn't want to freak her. Uh... No, no, I never told her. I wonder if she had a dream of that happening. You I know? don't know. I don't know. But I woke up and I was sitting up in bed crying hysterically. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Not only the impact of seeing your apparitional that grandmother, was, but, that was but worse to feel than the pain. The pain, actually. Yeah. Seeing her, what she looked like when I was very young, you know, like five, six, seven years old. Can't explain it. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's amazing. It. And then, let's Wait, see. Hold on. Have a question. This just made me think of something, and I don't know why I didn't think about sharing this before, but, like, you know, that whole, like, family connection, weird things happening, like, 
you had said, you know, she died on your birthday. So we have a lot of weird things that happen like birthdays and similar dates and things like that. And so at one point, and so this has to do with my mom's mom. This is your mom. Yeah. Okay. She died on September 4th, but she was, she also was born on September 4th. And this is kind of a little bit of a weird story. So I used to, I say I used to have epilepsy. Um, I guess I'm still an epileptic technically, but I was having grand mal seizures relatively often for about 15, 16 years of my life. And I had had my wisdom teeth removed on September 4th. And uh, we, grandma was already very sick. Yeah. And, um, and she, um, I, well, I, so I had my wisdom teeth removed. I remember I had come home and Jake was sitting me, with me on the couch. Jake's my husband. And, um, and I was in kind of recovery. And um, I remember sitting on the couch and it was right around noon. I remember because I had had the surgery in the morning. And I had a horrible, horrible seizure like one of the worst I ever had. And as it turns out, my grandmother died within the same time frame of me having the seizure. Um, she passed away. Because I found out about it within the hour. I believe you called me and I was yeah. like, oh my God. I'm like, I just had one of the worst seizures after my um, wisdom tooth removal. And for me, my triggers were sickness, trauma, or usually my tr- my were my triggers for, for seizures. And they even put, put like anti-epileptic stuff into like my um, IV and everything. But yeah, I remember falling over and Jake, I remember Jake like trying to, he slapped me, trying to get me out of it. And we found out within the hour that my grandmother had passed away right around the same time that I had that seizure. I wasn't, ab- I wasn't able to go to her, her funeral because those seizures really just kind of wiped me out. So it's almost like you have the flu for mm-hmm. a couple of days. At least they were for me. So I, I wasn't able to go to her, her funeral because of it. But it did happen within the same 30, maybe 45-minute range. Seriously, like the poltergeist phenomenon and mm-hmm. epilepsy is there's some kind of connection. That same area of the brain is supposed to yeah. manifest or create or induce what, you know, what have you. And you've, you experience that mm-hmm. and that there is some tenuous connection that they're studying right now that kind of relates the two together. Yeah. So. But anyway, just thought I'd interject and yeah. share that because no, that felt kind of important. <laughs> the, the free flow thing actually is where you figure stuff out. So thank yep. you. Back to you, Joy. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, this is in St. Louis too. This was a house that was built in like the 1920s that we lived in at that period of time. And there were several things that happened. My, this is St. Louis. This is St. Louis, yes. St. Louis County. Not, you know, we had moved from the city to out to this house. So you're out in the rural parts again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Seems to always be where it happens. <laughs> and uh, there was a sidewalk that ran along the side of the house with the driveway right up against, the sidewalk was right up against the house. And it was... I was going to sleep. My sister was already asleep. My mom and dad were in the living room watching TV. And my dad came in my room and he said, what are you knocking on? And I said, I'm not knocking on anything. And then I said, oh, I hear that. My mom came in and 
all the way from the front of the house to the back of the house, there was this tapping, like someone was walking with a cane. And at the end of the stair, there were stairs going down to the basement at the end where the trash cans was. And we looked out my mom and dad's bedroom window to see who was out there because we could hear the sound going down the side of the house and my mom and dad are looking out the window they couldn't see anything and then all of a sudden the trash cans fell over and fell down the steps and my dad went outside there was nobody out there and then the other thing uh, my brother's bedroom was upstairs and there were two empty rooms that were unfinished bedrooms up there also and my brother used to swear somebody was walking around in this one bedroom where my grandmother's I, yeah it was my grandmother's sewing machine was and he used to hear the sewing machine start up you know the pedal it was the old pedal thing and he could hear it and he was always afraid to go into it he was older than me he was like 17 18 years old and he was still you know but he was up in that room and he used to hear things all the time upstairs one time I was going up to wake him up in the morning and I opened the door to the stairway to go upstairs and somebody grabbed my shoulder (laughs) feel somebody's hand on my shoulder and I there was nobody there this is yeah. full-on poltergeisty sort of stuff. I'm blaming your daughter for this. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, back to the zinger story. Did, did did the person who heard it know what a zinger even was? Did it, did they have to describe what was happening with the pedal and it sounded like an old? Who heard the old? My brother. Also, oh, your brother would know My the brother zinger story. Has, his room okay. was upstairs, and his right, room. Right. And then there were two other bedrooms that were. Right not finished they were just empty rooms and the sewing machine was in one of those understood so he knew the sound he heard the sound again yeah oh all the time he used to hear it wow and And my dad would tell him it's crazy knocking over barrels making the machine run that that's very poltergeisty yeah did he get an extra scarf at christmas (laughs) (laughs) no and then we moved to another house uh when i was 12 and the and the in the middle of the house was like an octagon shape like over here mm-hmm. like all the bedrooms and bathrooms and closets are all like an octagon shape was and this on, the house on Bellefontaine? Yeah. Okay. And on the one doorway going downstairs there was a full length mirror. And my mom and dad were out at a party. I was out on a date. Me and my boyfriend came, walked in the kitchen, and as I was going into this hallway, I saw my grandpa standing there. He always used to wear a hat, like a, not a bowler, but, you know, like a snap brim hat, and an overcoat. And he was standing, he was dead. <laughs> and he was standing in the hallway. I turned around and grabbed my boyfriend. I said, Come on, take me over to mom and dad's party. <laughs> I can't, because nobody else, my brother wasn't home or no one else was home. And 
then again, my brother's room, our two bedrooms were upstairs. My brother's was at one end of the house and mine was at the other. And after my father passed away, my brother and his wife bought their house. And he, he lived there with his family, he has two children. And his son slept in his old room. He had a dartboard on his bedroom door and he came out of the bathroom, this happened twice, and darts through, flew from my room and I didn't, his, his sister lived in the other, in my old bedroom and she was only like six or seven years old at the time when this happened. And darts came flying by his head into the dartboard, physical darts, okay. with points on, not play darts. He was a teenager when this happened. And this is a different house? This is a, the house we moved into after the other one. After the sewing machine and the trash cans get knocked over. Yeah. So it, it's almost like it followed you there. Yeah. <laughs> did, did your brother have like a huge amount of these stories? No. To tell? No. It almost seems like it followed him because he's the one that seems yeah. to be experiencing it, it yeah. all the time. Yeah. But it also... But it was is, his son, though, that the darts flew by. Oh, it was his son. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it, it's Into not... Into his old room. <laughs> it's, is, it, is it the place or is it... Did it follow you or is it you? And I only say that because, like, my family, there's another side. It's the females that have these experiences. I don't, mm -hmm. generally. But... The females have on one side of the family has these experiences a lot. So is it the place? Is it that it followed you, or is it the you, <laughs> <laughs> or is it epilepsy? Because that's also. <laughs> yep, I'm not gonna have it. You guys definitely got a little of something in your family, though. I tell you what. That, that's interesting that you've been in multiple houses. Yeah. That have had that kind of activity going on. Yeah. If you go back, though, is there more of that? And, you know, if you go back to, to your grandma parents and. I don't recall them ever. Not everybody you know, talks about this stuff. No. <laughs> uh, I, I went to a psychic one time, one time only, because <laughs> it scared me. But because uh, my dad went and he told me, you got to go to this woman. And his sister or his uh, sister-in-law went. Several members of my family went to this psychic. I went, and I don't know if I can tell. And I don't know if I ever told you this. Should I be should well, I worried? It, it, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, it's just there were strange things. This was when I was like 24, 25 years old. And uh, this woman told me I had a white aura. Which I don't know what that means, but she she told me all this stuff about things that were going to happen, and she one of them was beware of Roberta Evangeline. And oh, I remember that you told me about that. Yeah, <laughs> she gave you a specific name. Oh yeah, which made no sense to me at the time. I was married to my first husband. My second husband's name was Robert Everett, <laughs> and I was should have been beware. There's two missing persons for both of her husbands. We'll get to that <laughs> in another episode. 
No, but that was very weird. She said my son would never be in cannon fodder. And at the time, I thought, what does that even mean? And I was telling somebody sometime over my life, you know, why? what does that even mean? She said that means he wouldn't be in a war or service or anything. And he never was because he got into trouble and couldn't. <laughs> Legally. But Legally, what was the name yeah. again? Back to the name? Rob, Roberta Evangeline. But, but, became, and, uh, like, I, I and like 10 years later, I met okay. Robert Everett. I, right, Robert it, Everett. Who we had a, I was, got divorced from him eventually. Right. And then she looked, at, she had a mirror, it was in her dining room. She, there was a mirror over her uh, credenza or whatever. And she's looking in this mirror, and she says, and beware of Bob. I had n no idea who Bob was. I ended up marrying Bob. Wow. <laughs> Did that work out? No. Oh, okay. No, not at all. I, I got that her feeling. It's from... her father. Yeah. 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 Enough said. No. <laughs> that was a joke. It's okay. It's a joke. How, how many years between the psychic and meeting... Probably maybe eight or ten. Yeah, see, when, it, when it's that far behind you, it's hard to well, put those connections together. Yeah, I was together. still married to another guy at the time. <laughs> you know, right, I right. hadn't even met him. But oh. it was the name always stuck with Roberta Evangeline. Where did that even come from? All right, Joy, thank you very much. Uh, anything else you want to get to? Or? Uh, no, that's enough. That that was there was one other thing, but I it's you want to save that story for the next time, maybe yeah. the next time. All right, and there's round two. Uh, we do have a round three coming up. Do you guys want to take another break or you want to get right out of it? Or? All right, so let's get into round number three here of our interview palooza. Uh, Heather was nice enough to put the call out to some friends as well, and uh, Jess showed up to talk to us today i did thanks yeah. for coming thank you for having me so uh you you are a multi-story person as well i huh? do i when heather let me know this was going on i sat there and thought what all has happened and then i counted it off on my fingers and i'm like there's been a bit there's been a did little did you have bit. enough fingers um it continued on after one hand but i'm only going to share a few <laughs> what whatever you're comfortable with sharing because this is going to go public someday that's what i'm back. hoping you can always come back. i'm totally hoping let's go public and you said one is is just a couple weeks old too is that yeah, one you want to talk about of, yeah i was gonna try to go in kind of chronological there you order go. up until the most recent but yeah the most recent was literally within the past two weeks but oh, and that was cool. the one that out of all the ones that i've had that was the one that i had the most impact but um yeah I, let's let's do chronicle chronological then work I, our way I was up. a wee babe um and i've actually i've never told this story because um i was probably six or seven and as i mentioned in an earlier conversation that i'm born and raised here in flagstaff and we, my parents and I lived in a little mobile home for a while in, uh, in a neighborhood called Christmas Tree Estates. And wonderful mobile home, great place to live. And It is uh, a middle, little misleading that it's mobile homes because it is a nice neighborhood. It is a nice neighborhood. It was actually a decent neighborhood, you know, based off of what we all see. <laughs> 
it's Flagstaff. It's Flagstaff. Pretty much everywhere is a good neighborhood in Flagstaff. Too. It was the eighties, so it was probably different different back then anyway. But we're living in our mobile home. You know, it's a drafty mobile home. And I know I earlier we were having a conversation where I when things happen I try to debunk the experience because you want to make sure it's not something just hey it's something just trying to be rational um but this was you know i was a six or seven year old child and now i'm an adult trying to debunk what i was going through and i just don't have an explanation for it but and the reason i haven't told this story is just the setting is uncomfortable um i was like i said six or seven years old and i was in the bathroom doing my thing (laughs) as children do and all of a sudden, I just feel somebody brush the back of my head and brush down my hair. And it was very distinct. It was something where I turned around and where I'm sitting, there's no way any human being could be where that would have come from. I mean, there's just no, the bathtub was there, but the bathtub actually had a um, device that my mom used to air dry our clothes. So it's not like somebody could have been standing in there. Nobody could have been standing behind me. But I very much felt this where it was the top of my head all the way down to my neck that somebody just gently brushed my hair. Um, And the way I tried to debunk it as an adult was that my house was drafty at the time. And all it did was kind of, you know, move drapes around. It moved the shower curtain around. But I, I, I can't for the life of me figure out why something like this yeah that's a very different feeling would, than a draft blowing through it your wasn't hair. a draft i knew it wasn't a draft so but i never told anybody it was one of those things where i'm like i didn't feel comfortable and it was an uncomfortable situation i'm sitting on the toilet <laughs> oh yeah well, you're at your, yeah you're at your most vulnerable <laughs> so at that this point. is the yeah. first time i've divulged that information um so i kept that to myself probably forgot about it no big deal moved on as a six-year-old child few years later uh, I think we're still living in the same home we may have been in where my parents live now in a different area of Flagstaff and there was this um do you guys know who the the or the museum club are you familiar with yeah. zoo the museum club so that place is super haunted by the way we'll jump into that later <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, or as we're easing into that um there was this painting that was really it was in or late 80s that some i don't know who the artist was but he depicted the outside of the museum club with the hitching post and with horses outside so he had taken it back into the day of when it was originally right, make, built. making it look original yeah. yeah and it was it was for some reason there was a lot of my family and a lot of people from Flagstaff who really wanted to get their hands on this painting. And so my parents packed up my sister and I, and we went to the zoo as it's called. It's right. nickname for the museum is club is the zoo. zoo. There's yes. no actual zoo in Flagstaff. It's not a zoo. It's not actually a zoo, but I think there's a reason behind that. Um, and when we walked in, because the zoo is considered a bar, my sister and I were instructed to stay within the entrance area and not actually go over where the merchandise area and the bar, the merchandise area was over in a certain part of the bar and then the bar was on its own but my parents were very distinctly were like you guys can't come over to the bar so she and I stayed over where the fireplace is and hung out and I'm just looking around enjoying the pool table that's over there wanting to go play pool and I feel my sister pull my hair like a very distinct tug on my hair to where my head actually moves and so 
I'm irritable at that point. I'm like, why is she pulling my hair? And I turn on her and she's not there. She's all the way on the other side of the bar over with my parents who are purchasing the painting. And I'm standing there all by myself. Yikes. Uh, And it was one of those things where I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment. My hair was very much pulled and I was pissed off at my sister, (laughs) but it wasn't her. And it wasn't, again, debunking something like that. I was like, maybe she ran off. There would have been no way for her to have ran off she couldn't have gotten that far that fast. Her. I would yeah. have seen her she would running have still been away. Running. She literally was just sitting over by my parents, leaning against my mom. Wow. But it was, my head turned. It was enough. It, it wasn't violent. I want to make that clear. It wasn't right. anything that, and. It was more playful. But it was another thing that I was like, I kept to myself. I don't think I told a soul. I think this is the first time I'm actually wow. talking about that. Look at that. We got exclusives. You know, I've Honestly, though, the, I don't even think that's a weird story because I have heard so many ghost stories from the, from the, the museum the, club. Yeah, it's and I was researching does, it again. I've yeah. looked it up before, but I was like, you know, it's it has a history. It does have a history. Oh, it it's does. been here forever. And a lot of things have happened there, like a lot, a lot of sketchy things mm-hmm. and people dying and all kinds of yeah, stuff going on it, in there. It started off as a, it was a taxidermist and then it, it's turned into, it's, it's always been a bar of some sort and it turned into stuff where it was not probably the most, well, there know, was upstanding kind of Yeah, and there was, there was <laughs> a speakeasy in Prohibition mm-hmm. and the, there was the doctor who owned it for a yep. while and his wife died under mysterious circumstances exactly. and then he killed himself and there. It's gone I mean, that place has history. It has history. Yeah, and it's it's incredible to to look at that now and go, maybe this was something I I know. I mean, I I, I can't rationalize what I went through, no. but it no, was I'm, something. It yeah, really I'm pre- was something. I'm pretty sure a ghost pulled your hair in the zoo. I, something did. I mean, nobody else was there, so who else did it? What was the age difference again, just from the six year old story to the Just a couple of years, probably just a very couple of years at that point. And then, so then I have my, my alien UFO story. And Ooh, another alien story too. I love so, this, this uh, assortment <laughs> of stories we're getting today. This one, it's, it's going to be short. There's not a lot. There's, and it, it's weird to, as an adult and trying to remember those things, you know, what you remember as a child, you do question, you know, what were those memories truly about? Um, but my, my dad was very keen on when we heard an airplane, when we heard an helicopter or helicopter, (laughs) so sorry, um, look in the sky, go look for that helicopter, go look for that airplane. So I heard, I remember being inside my parents' house and I heard a helicopter. So I just bolted to the window to go look at a helicopter and I'm looking out the window and whatever it was, was hovering over my street, you know, and no helicopter necessarily is going to hover over your street. And from what I can remember, it had that kind of stereotypical shape to it, that it was the saucer kind of looking thing. So this was a saucery one, not mm-hmm. the not the triangular it's pyramidal not a triangle, one. Cause, and it was small, and it's hovering over my street, it sounds like. The, and I do realize as a child I could be associating the noise with a helicopter, but it's probably its own noise. But I just sat there staring at it. And then I don't remember what happened after that, other than I know I told my mom I saw this thing and she believed me. She, she knew that I was convincing enough that something was out there, but she wasn't sure what it was. Um, around the same time, my uncle was hanging out and it, this is probably. So you remember seeing it, but you don't remember what happened no. after seeing it. As an it. adult, I don't remember exactly what happened after that. Interesting. <laughs> 
Well, no, I'm just wondering if that's just because it's an old memory and you were a kid and you just don't really remember. And that's how I equate it. Or if the saucer people were like, oh, wait, she saw us. Wipe her memory. Hey, we're going to take Jess along for a little ride here. Well, since we're all X-Files fans, we have to check the back of her neck and just make sure. I'll lift up that. Just to make sure. You can check it out. Totally. We won't pull your hair. Just just lift that up. Yeah, it's the men in black flasher. You don't have to worry about it. Um, I do want to, I, I believe it was around the same time and it, it, the, the correlation's funny that my uncle was hanging out with his friends in a neighborhood that's across the highway from where I lived at the time. So we're in the same area and they're sitting back on the, the back deck, drinking beers, having a good time. And he sees something in the sky. And this is a person in my, my impression of my uncle is he's very conservative, very rational, He's not one to be like, there's lights in the sky, something weird's going on. But he saw lights in the sky and he's like, something weird's going on. And this was about the same time that I saw what I saw. Uh, a few years later, we moved into the same house where he saw the ship. <laughs> you moved into the same house? <laughs> we moved into the same house. That's like asking for trouble, you know? <laughs> and, I, and it's not until you start like piecing things together that you go, yeah, that is kind of odd that this happened and now we're in the same house and being in that same house, we actually experienced things in, in this house. And this house is in Smoke Rise, which is north of Flagstaff. That's right near uh, Christmas Tree where you yeah, were in the right across story. the street, right across the highway. Um, and the little bit I can share about the Smoke Rise house, um, we have a two-story home. Very, it's similar to this where you've got the lower story and some of the uh, bedrooms are above, but some of the bedrooms are below. And my parents were above and my sister and I were in the lower stories. And we would have weird things happen, but you can't pinpoint it. You know, the dryer would turn on, but I think you can debunk that. My mom tells us a story about she had these crates on the upper level of their closet and she stored like my dad's baseball caps in the crates and then she nailed some nails into the crate to hang his ties and she hung these ties and a little bit later after hanging them my dad walks into the closet and all of a sudden the tie and the nail are down inside the carpet and no longer inside the crate and it's maybe she didn't nail it in tight enough whatever no big deal so he goes down to pull the nail out and the nail won't even come out and so he has to wrap his shoelace around it to pop it out and so his the way he interpreted it is that it was all the way through the carpet it was all the way into the the, the floorboards and it's one of those it's one of those nails that has the cupped like if when you nail it in it cups and it wasn't cupped i mean that thing either physics Made that thing fall away straight down. There's no way it hits hard enough to go into the wood. It, it did. I mean, he couldn't pull it out with his own fingers. Gravity to, wouldn't do that. No, he had to take something. But and someone get could have leverage. stepped on it later, though. It was still it was still cupped in the original position. It never fell out of that right. formed. Yeah. If you cupped. stepped on a nail that was sticking straight up out of the floor, hard enough to drive it into the wood, you would know you stepped on that nail. And my parents, just they're very conservative. They will not read much into things, but they're like, we can't explain this. No, Je- you've been self-debunking all night. So. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I don't want to lead anybody that. astray. Those are my favorite stories is people who don't even want to believe their own story. Yeah. They're and, actually and more believable. We can't talk ourselves out of it. 
years go by uh, that my next story is when I'm in my late 20s. And I was getting really close with this this guy, we'd known each other as children, lost touch, re-encountered, started kind of hanging out. And I wasn't sure what was going on between us. But it, you know, you knew something was happening. And um, he died, all of a sudden, and tragic circumstances. And I had a really hard time with it because I got really angry with him before he died over something really stupid. And I'm one of those that I'm like, get pissed off and I'm not going to talk to you for a little while. So I had this grudge going on and, and then he died. And I had to deal with the guilt of being involved with somebody who I was angry at over something stupid and then he died. And how do I evolve from that? And it was one of the hardest moments of my life going through and I finally got to a point where I was starting to feel better. And I'm hanging out in my apartment. And my apartment at the time was above my aunt and uncle's garage um, out in Westwood Estates, which is Kilty Lane. Over on the west side. On the way west side of town. Not necessarily middle of nowhere, but you're starting to get into... You're out on the edge of it. You're on the very edge. And... I'm one of those, I'm into the scary stuff. I do like watching scary stuff. I would sit out in that apartment and I would watch scary stuff all by myself in the middle of the dark, in the middle of nowhere. And I love it. I, I just get that that rush from it. Yeah, it gives you that pins and needles. It really does. There's something about it that I enjoy. But there was one night I get home from work and this is when I was working second shift at Gore. And so I get home at like 1230, one o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to decompress. And when you work second shift, it's different than working an eight to five. You've got to figure out how to decompress without anybody else around you. Um, so I put on my ear, my earbuds and I'm listening to my favorite band, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Oh, how local they are from Tempe. If I really know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They're a full on Arizona they're, band. They're, Those they're guys. Awesome. They are my favorite. And I'm, I'm seeing, and I'm not somebody who sings in front of people, but I'm sitting on my bed and I'm singing and I'm singing along with Roger and I'm just really trying to decompress from life. And I feel this and somebody just shoves me on the shoulder. And again, it's not violent. It's not like a huge shoulder shove where I fall off the bed or anything but it's enough to where I move for I move forward and I turn around like going hey and then I realize I'm like I'm alone there's nobody else in the room with me and but it's so distinct and forceful that I'm sitting there going what am I supposed to do with this (laughs) and so I take out my earbuds (laughs) and I wound up going to bed but I can't I still to this day and this is about 12 years later that I'm like, who shoved me? And again, I'm not usually the person to go here, but have you ever considered having a psychic kind of give you an idea who that this might be? Because it seems like multiple things happening in a similar manner. There's been, and I'll bring up the most recent incident that happened in the past couple of weeks that I get done with work and I decide to go and hand wash a couple of dishes and I'm standing at my sink and I have a tiny kitchen. It's, it's not much wider than where we're sitting right now. And so you're talking 10 feet, 12 feet. We're looking at this. Oh, you mean just on this, that side yeah, of the table? Oh, really feet, narrow, maybe, like f- yeah, four or five four feet. feet between me and the oven and the refrigerator. So I have the sinks here, the oven and the refrigerator are behind me and 
the child, one of the children that you guys keep hearing is my son. And I feel him run by me, brush by me, touch me. And I turn around to talk to him like, what do you need, baby? Because he's running towards the refrigerator. Nobody's there. Well, it's... I mean, it touched me. <laughs> it's almost like your stories are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, you have this quick physical contact with whatever the spirit is. Yeah. It's almost like you got a guardian angel or something maybe, following maybe you around. Maybe somebody just wanting to hang out, wanting to keep me company. But it's, it's I think... What kind of differs from what you've experienced? I've I, I've had the the touch, like like physically somebody's touched me, and then what do you do with that? And it's happened since I was very little, and it and that's what I've wondered. I'm like, it's just something that's probably sticking with me, and I don't feel threatened. I mean, the when it happened a couple of weeks ago, it, it, I did have a moment where I was like, I put the dishes down and I stepped away and walked away because it was just so. Well, it freaks you out. Yeah. That one freaked me out. It it because I literally I'm like that's my kid running behind me. That's all that it was, and then nobody's there. And I have a cat, so I even was like, it's, it wasn't the cat. But you don't get a sense that's anybody from your past or someone's passed on, or I I'm not picking up on those things, but I also yeah. am not giving that kind of energy to it to try to tap into it to see if there is something more that I could maybe garner from it. And it seems almost an inherent thing for you because it started when you were so young, Mm -hmm. when you were like six years old. And it it continues not like all the time, but every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Where I can go probably a decade and not have any incident that I'm aware of. And then something significant enough to where it's like, if I wasn't being touched by it, I think it'd be different. It'd be like, okay, I just felt you know, the breeze or whatever. But, but it's, it's also similar, the the pulling the hair and the touching mm-hmm. the hair and the touching, pushing the shoulder and then grazing the back. It's those quick little glancing, hey, I'm here, but yeah, that's about that it. something's there. And it's, and there's times that I, you know, you do feel like maybe something's hanging out. But, and I know when he was little, he would, you know, I, I think we look at animals kind of sense things and then little kids kind of sense things. And he was saying something when we he was very little in the apartment that we live in now that he was, where's that little boy? Where, where's that little boy, mom? And I'm like, what little boy? Well, <laughs> well, since your little little one has wandered in, let's ask him if he's mm-hmm. had any. <laughs> oh, he, he, I'm sure he will have a few things to say. You want to say you a few things? Go over there with You want to come sit with me? Come sit with Mama. Come on over. There you go, buddy. Oh, yeah. You were outside, weren't you? You got to talk right into that mic, okay? So I can tell the story? You got a story to tell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Talk into the mic, though. Uh, I was in... So this day, I was I was sick at school. Um, from school, and, um... I was in the bed, uh, I was in my mom's bedroom, and I was on my phone, and then I randomly just hear, like, like footsteps, like, really loud footsteps, but it couldn't have been the cat or my mom, because my cat was laying down, and his foot, like, him stomping on the ground is not that loud, and second, my my mom was working, and I started crying because of how scary it was. And it was like kind of in like my mom's closet, <laughs> and um, 
it was so it wasn't like running down the hallway it was banging in the closet yeah like like it was like really loud banging like my mom first thought that it was in like up like upstairs like for like where our neighbors were but it it was in the room like something was in the room with me and i was i was that, that they was i was scared and i don't i don't think um i went back in, in, in like into the bedroom until i was fine again that's good yeah just get away from it yeah yeah and i like i i was like really scared and um i i didn't like it at all because i i was like it was terrifying how loud it was like i never experienced something that loud in my life before wow and yeah that's pretty crazy and coming from a closet you know it's not like there's a window open that noise can be coming well, in in a closet. The, you the know. way he described it too, it's like granted, we're you know we're on the first floor. We got neighbors above us, but he was it was our the footfalls were on our carpet. Right, it wasn't right. coming from. You can tell that it's like really local sound. That it, not yeah, distant. he could feel it around the room, around the bed, and he, he, he you could was like very, feel the shaking from it. He could, yeah, right. You could feel like I mean there was something. Wow, that's an intense like, story, dude. Like something. Nodding, you know? Yeah, yeah that, that's a scary story. I've had similar stories to that myself, actually. So, what, Jess, what's your kiddo's name? His name is Tristan. Tristan. Mm-hmm. One thing we've learned, though, if you're not afraid, it's not going to be as bad, and it's just kind of a cool story. Yep. So, and that's But at the same about. time, we agree something might happen. Yeah. So. We're, not, yeah. we're not judging. We're uh, understanding of these things, and... Mm-hmm. The less scared you are, the less exactly bad right. it'll be. Mama said, huh? That's actually something we talk about in our podcast yeah. is the less frightened you are of these things, the less power they have over you and the less likely they are to be able to hurt you or anything. So that's really the thing to remember is don't, it's okay to be afraid, but don't let them know you are. Right. And the cool thing is if something happens again, you can come back on the podcast and talk and about so you it. You just keep talking and about you'd be it. Like, Hey, thanks for visiting again, because now I can talk to these cool people here. You feel good talking about it? Yeah. Yep. You feel safe? Yeah. That's what we want. And it feels better to talk about it. When other people hear it and they go, wow, that's a cool story, it it makes you feel less scared by it and, and, and really does turn it into less of a fearful thing and more of a, hey, listen to my cool story kind of thing. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you. All right, I think we're ready to wrap up the interview, Palooza. That was stellar. Thank you, everybody, for Thank coming. You. The, that I'm gonna really enjoy editing this later. <laughs> you edit out everything, Rose, because I love these people. But the Rose, 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 Rose. I'm all day. Hey, I've heard this. Bottoms up, Heather. Rose, this, Rose. This <laughs> To this point, this had been a beer podcast, but, you know, we got to open our, our spectrum a little bit. You know, I was with the rosé, but then Heather has rosé and ice, and that's even less. That makes even less sense to me. <laughs> oh, saying, yes, all right, you can stay. Why you are you stay. telling people this? <laughs> this? This is the one part Heather's going to need edited out, is that she puts okay. ice in her I wine. Never, I never, I'll let you know, I never thought I'd be a rosé kind of gal, okay. and then I became a rosé kind of gal. We're going to try to stay open. Open-minded it, in this podcast. It hurts less. It hurts less than that other stuff. Yes. That was fun. All right. So there you go, everybody. There's our first 
conglomerate style interview for you. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Before you go, please remember to like, subscribe, follow, share. If you know anybody who else who would be interested in the Monster Lore Tour here, please leave us some comments on whatever platform you're listening on. It would really help us a lot to get some feedback, see how we're doing. Uh, and if you could leave us a review as well, also very helpful. If you're really into it, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash monster lore tour for all the extra content and pre-release episodes that are in there. Anything to add before we go, Moss? I like to drop a review. No one has refreshed my beer in like a long <laughs> time. I think he just gave me a one-star review as a bartender. Yeah. All right, but that wraps it up for this week. We will see you next time here on the Monster Lore Tour. Till then, have a good one, listener. trying to get the microphone closer to me the hardest way possible by like moving the earth towards me (laughs) (laughs) the easy route